Welcome back to our study together. We're answering questions. And questions like, uh, what is the gospel? Or why Jesus came? And that's the question we're answering today. We've been talking about that for a couple of days now. And Jesus gave us the answer simply. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to seek those who are lost, those who know they need him, those who recognize they're apart from him, and that only, the only way they can have purpose and meaning and direction is in him. And, and as he offers himself to them, as they trust him, they discover that. Notice what happened with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was the tax collector. If you've been with me, you know the story. And he, was, he cheated people. And he was hated by people in Jericho. And he was a wealthy, wealthy guy because he had cheated people. But notice what Zacchaeus said as Jesus came home with him that day. He said, I will give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated or defrauded anybody, I'll give them four times back what I took. Now, that's a real evidence of repentance and restoration. One of the greatest evidences of a new life in Christ is what it, how it affects our money how it affects our finances. And the person who's truly born again, his pocketbook is born again too. You know, he's coming to a full relationship with Christ. We can't just continue to be the same old person. Zacchaeus wanted to be right with God, and so he he believed in Jesus and trusted Christ. And and he said, because now I have a new life, I'm going to give I'm going to give half of what I have to poor people who don't have anything, and I'm going to take care of those people I've cheated so as a Christian, as a new believer, he wanted to do far more than even the law required. The Jewish required Jewish law required you to give a tenth, but Zacchaeus promised half of his income would be used in the service of God. And if he had wronged anybody, he would give him four times what he had taken. And there's not very much doubt about the fact that he was he was changed. His life was radically different. And I guarantee your, your faith hits your pocketbook, hits your money. It means a great deal. It shows people that you really, really, really are serious. So what did Jesus say to him? Now, this is the most important thing of all. <clears throat> it may not make a lot of difference <clears throat> what the crowd said, because they said Zacchaeus is a great sinner. And they were surprised that Jesus went home with him. But Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. For Zacchaeus, too, is a son of Abraham. By his faith, the tax collector of Jericho showed himself to be a true son of Abraham, the father of the faithful, the same kind of faith that Abraham put in God, he put in Christ. And he came into that relationship that matters. A remarkable illustration of the statement that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save his lost is Zacchaeus. He is the perfect picture of the purpose of Christ and the mission of Christ. And so the mission of Christ is to seek and to save the lost. And that should be demonstrated in our lives. You see, Jesus stated his mission. He's come to seek and to save the lost. Jesus illustrated his mission in the life of Zacchaeus. And you and I should demonstrate that mission in our lives. You see, before Jesus went back to heaven, he told us to go and make disciples of all the nations, bring people into a living relationship with Christ. He wanted us to start at home, move out into our state, and, and reach out to others. Uh, one time in Britain, a child was lost, and, 
and the, <clears throat> the city crier would go through the streets when a child was lost, ringing a bell <clears throat> and calling out in a loud voice, lost, lost, a lost child, five years of age, blue eyes, light hair, lost child. And then everybody would begin to look for the child. Jesus came to earth saying, I'm come to seek and to save all you who are lost, all you who have no purpose, no meaning. And I want you to put your faith and your trust in me. When Napoleon planned the military campaign in Italy, his generals said that any attempt to cross the Alps would Alps Mountains would be suicidal. Napoleon exclaimed that there shall be no Alps, and a great road was built through the Simeon Pass. So the great seeker from heaven breaks through the obstacles to come to us where we are and to bring us into a living relationship with himself. So I hope you'll realize today what it really means to have this relationship that once you were lost and now you've been found. And that's what Amazing Grace, that famous song says, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. I want to pick up now and begin a second, not a second, but another question, and that is how can I deal as a believer with material things in the way God wants me to? You see, one of the greatest temptations we have every day is what to do about things, what to do about uh, cars and houses and furniture and clothes and all the things that are out there. Nothing wrong with any of those. They're not wrong in themselves. But when we begin to crave them and want them so much that we compromise our relationship with God, our relationship with our families, then they destroy us. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And I want to point out several things that Jesus had to say about this. In, in uh, Luke chapter 12, Jesus uh, encountered some people. Let me read beginning with verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you. Then he said to him, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. This is the, the story of, of a family that was fighting over an inheritance, and one of them wanted Jesus to step in and to tell his brother to d- divide the inheritance fairly with him. And, and, and Jesus' response was, was pretty important, I think, in that, that Jesus acknowledged the problem but he simply tried to warn the man about greed. Jesus refused to get involved because he knew that no answer he could give would solve the real problem, which was covetousness in the hearts of the two brothers. And, and he, in, the, in verse 14, it's plural when he said, who appointed me a judge over you too, both of you. As long as both of you are so greedy, there's no settlement that's possible. You see, the greatest need was to have their hearts changed. Like many today, they wanted Jesus to serve them but not save them. And covetousness is an unquenchable thirst for getting more and more of something we think we need in order to be truly satisfied. But things or money or position won't do it. Jesus said, beware, be on your guard against every form of greed and, and that your life doesn't consist of the things which you possess. In most places in this world, you go to a shop to buy what you need. In America, 
and shop is not so much a noun as it is a verb. We shop online, we shop in stores, we buy things we've never really needed and to keep up with people we don't even like often. And greed in this land is reflected in our craze for gambling and uh, billions of dollars are spent in gambling and on and on we could talk about that. Uh, Walt Harrington in the Washington Post said greed is the universal motive of America and he saw nothing wrong with it. And a lot of people see nothing wrong with it. We're going to pick that up tomorrow and talk about it some more. So come back and be with me. God bless you. Have a great day. 